and back and forth across the floor. This way, I say to Ethan, whose hand is touching my ankle. We move together. The darkness gives us the illusion of solitude, but we're the opposite of alone. My friends have gathered for a little experiment before we go our separate ways. We've been planning this for weeks. A dark party. One final rebellion before we take our place as respected members of society. It was another of Sanna's brilliant ideas. We want to discover who we are without the burden of sight. It's easy to believe we are the same inside, because we look so similar. Sanna says only in the dark can we know the truth. But I'm not sure. Darkness conceals. Sanna persuaded me to host the party. A dark party at the Minister of Ancient History's house. That's how she talked everyone into it. The greater the risk, the greater the thrill. I've known most of these people all my life, but they're Sanna's friends. They don't trust me, never have. My dad's job in the government has always made me guilty by association. Sanna convinced everyone to pitch in. Nicoline brought black plastic bags. Ethan found towels to tuck under the doors. Sanna's brother gave her three rolls of duct tape. We never ask how he gets the things we need. It took us an hour to make my living room light-proof. We taped black bags to the windows. We switched off the lights. After a few seconds, our eyes adjusted, but we could see each other in shades of grey. Not good enough. We attacked every point of light and doubled the bags on the windows. We could still see outlines, silhouettes of ourselves. The small red light on the backup generator seemed to illuminate the entire room. We unplugged everything. When I switched off the light again, there was only pure, dark silence. Now, I hear the hum of hushed voices and the rough and smooth sounds that bodies make when coaxed together. Maybe we've made a mistake. We hoped we would find ourselves in the dark, but instead we are risking our celibacy. Ethan and I finally find our pillows. We lie side by side, our elbows and ankles touching. Yet he feels miles away. Darkness dips its icy fingers under my skin, but I refuse to give in to my fear. I try to erase all thoughts and images. Don't think of the colour of the pillowcases or the holes in their lace ruffles. One image, no matter how small, leads to an avalanche of pictures. First, I see the living room with its worn leather sofa, the fireplace and its fake flames the bookshelves crammed with dusty volumes of our approved history. But now, as if lifted by a balloon, my vision expands to include my square brick house, which blends with the dozens of similar houses in my neighbourhood. As I float upwards, I see the green and concrete squares of the city, which is multiplied a thousand times to create a haze of grey that is homeland. I let the image blur and fade to black. I shiver. It's okay, Ethan says, and slips his arm around me, which makes me colder somehow. My eyes ache for shape and colour, but the blackness surrounding me seems to have substance. I roll up on one elbow to face him. Don't think of his name. His name conjures up the images I'm trying to escape. His skin, the same colour as the milky tea we drink. His ears, the same shape as my father's his short brown hair a confusion of waves like everyone else's. I see myself around every corner, every minute, 
like living in a maze of mirrors. My grandma told me once about a time when we were different, a long, long time ago. Stories handed down through the generations in whispers about life before the protector sphere. I still see her every day, even though she's long gone. Once upon a time, a little snowflake, she'd say, people were the most beautiful colours. Everyone was unique. That word made me giggle. But it was too hard to be different and equal. She told me fantastic tales of wars caused by differences, different religions, different cultures, different skin colours. We shut ourselves off. Now each generation grows more alike. Grandma was breaking one of the government's many unwritten rules. There's officially nothing before the terror and the ceiling of the protectosphere, and nothing can survive outside of it.